Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call Sent Us. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, you'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how CentOS can help you get ready for the workday. Visit CentOS.com. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. First of all, my apologies for not having a podcast yesterday. I am eyeballs deep in my scouting combine series, and I have my own personal schedule that I'm on because I have to get 330 players done in X number of days, and you know, whenever the NFL announced the official invite list. So that equates to, I was like 20-some players a day, and I have to get this position done by this day and this done by this day for it to all work up before I leave for Indy here in a few days. Or when I leave, I leave on Tuesday. So um, the other day I was doing receivers, and there's 57 of them. And I, had, and I had to get that all done to stay on my schedule. And I was up until about 12.30 in the morning, got it all posted, was pretty happy with it. But then I, was, I posted into several stories and realized that the math didn't come out. I should have had you know 11 for this and 11 for that and 10 for this, and the math didn't work out. Well, I realized I missed two guys. And, of course, I do them in alphabetical order. So then I had to reinsert them in proper alphabetical order, and then I had to reconfigure the story because I'm anal about these things to make sure each story had the right number of guys in it so it wasn't lopsided one way or the other. And before you know it, it's like 1.30 in the morning. So, I was a little tired, and my son got up early um, yesterday, and that basically clinched the fact that there will be no podcast. So, anyway, I'm back, and I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much for doing so. If you have not done so, you can subscribe to it via iTunes and the Android app, and please... Check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network. Speaking of NFL Draft, Locked On NFL Draft is great. You should really should check out that show. It is a draft guru's delight. We also have Locked On NFL and Locked On Fantasy. All right, and I want to clean up one thing from my previous podcast on the Clay Matthews Randall Cobb podcast. A really, really stupid oversight. I had a, a listener send me an email over at Pack Report about this. He's asking about dead money. Well, what a stupid thing to admit. I'm talking about the possibilities, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think should happen. But we're talking the the possibilities of the Packers cutting Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews for cap reasons. Matthews has a cap number of $15.075 million. That's second most in the team. Cobb third most at 12 point, rounding up about $12.7 million. If the Packers were to cut Cobb, Matthews, there would be a $4.1 million of dead money against the cap, which equates to a savings of rounding up about $11 million. Not quite $11 million, but close enough. A bigger cap hit for Cobb since he's going to under a newer contract. He's played two of his four years. He would have $6.5 million of dead money. Um, so that would give the Packers um, about $6.15 million of cap relief. So if the Packers were to cut them, which I don't think they would, 
they'll have just a little bit over of $17 million of additional cap space. So thank you for pointing that out. And I felt really stupid when I read your email. How in the hell do I talk about cutting high-priced players when I don't give you the, the uh, financial fallout of those transactions? I do want to talk salary cap some more today. Obviously, Green Bay and New England are the two most consistent winners in the NFL. They've gone to the playoffs, what, eight consecutive years? The only teams in the NFL who can say that. Obviously, New England has won the Super Bowl. So you, you look for what's different. Well, obviously, Bill Belichick is different. But I, I, I find it interesting, and I wrote this story, actually I wrote a series of stories about this at Packer Report last year. And I thought I would kind of trudge out um, some updates on that. Green Bay has eight players with salary cap charges of more than $6 million for the 2017 season. They'll be Aaron Rodgers at 20.3, Clay Matthews at about 15.1, Randall Cobb at about 12.7, Jordy Nelson at about 11.6, Mike Daniels at 10.4, Brian Balaga at 7.9, Morgan Burnett at just about 7, and David Bakhtiari at 6.2. So that is eight players of more than $6 million and five at more than $10 million. And that really is the NFL way these days. You pay, a, you pay your best players a whole bunch of money, and then you fill in the blanks with everybody else. And that's, you know, Green Bay, that is the Green Bay way. It's every other team's way. You keep your core players, which is your best of the bunch. Of course, those best of the bunch guys cost a lot of money. And then you fill in the blanks however you can. And that generally, that generally speaking is cheap labor, rookie labor. And that, of course, is why Green Bay doesn't do a whole lot in free agency. It's because there isn't money to do it in free agency. So that's interesting. Now, let's look at New England's cap. Totally different. Remember how Green Bay had five guys with $10 million cap charges? New England's got five at $6 million. Remember how Green Bay had 10 players at more than $6 million? New England's number 10 player in cap? So what does that mean? That means New England's got a gigantic middle class, as I like to call it, and that's what I called it in in my series of stories last year. They've got a gigantic middle class of players. So the New England way is they pay a few guys, and then they fill in the blanks with as many, you know, modestly priced veterans as they can. It's not quite as pronounced as it was last year. Um, OverTheCap.com is great. Um, go to OverTheCap.com, then click on the link, this link that says Texture. And that's where I'm getting this stuff from. Um, last year was really, really cool. Um, this year, not so much yet, just because you know, the, the, you know, so many teams have so many different numbers of players in their contract as teams build a roster. So it's, it's not quite as pronounced, but... Now, even now, though, New England has the most low-priced veterans in the league, and that's um, you, I'll, I will let you go check out the numbers of our over-the-cap and all this. But Green New England, they rank 25th in amount of money spent on elite players, 
and elite players, for instance, are $15.7 million and up. So New England ranks 25th in amount of money spent on those players and they lead the league in the amount of money spent on low-priced players. And that is the New England way. And you compare that to Green Bay. Green Bay 11th in spending on elite players. But they are 29th in spending on low-priced veterans. You know, Green Bay has just three veteran players. And by veterans, I mean second contract guys. Green Bay has three in that, you know, that 2 to $3 million range. Three players. That'd be Guyon, Crosby, Taylor. New England has 10, and I misspoke on the numbers there. We're talking veteran players. Again, not rookie guys on rookie contracts. Veteran players in their own $1 million, you know, to about $3.5 million, $4 million in that range. New England has 10. So New England with 10 low-priced players. Green Bay, just three. Again, not... In low price players, we mean veterans, not you know undrafted rookie guys. So that is it's interesting, and again, I'm going to write about this in detail at Packer Report again this year, especially as free agency gets really, really close. I think it's going to be helpful to remind people about the way these teams go about business. And I'm not saying the New England New England way is the right way. I'm just saying that's the way. Um, what it does is I think it gives New England the flexibility to go make some moves. It also means this. At this point, based on a projected $168 million salary cap, New England is $60.67 million under it. They have the sixth most cap space in the league. Green Bay is 14th at just about $41 million under the cap. Again, these are, this is all from OverTheCap.com, a great website that I highly encourage you to check out. So Green Bay is in pretty good shape, but they're going to have to go re-sign their guys. You know, the Nick Perry's of the world, the TJ Langs, the Jerry, those guys are going to cost money. And, you know, it just, again, it's the Green Bay way. They're going to re-sign their top guys, and they're going to pay them top dollar. And then, you know, everybody wonders why they have all these rookies on the, on the roster. Well, that's why... When you have so much of your salary cap eaten up by just a few players, there's no other way to build a roster. You can't, you can't have high-priced players and a bunch of middle-priced players. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You have to go one or the other. And Green Bay, like so many of the other teams, has gone to the model of pay your very best guys because your best guys win football games. And then fill in the blanks. With cheap labor, and cheap labor, of course, means rookie labor. And New England's just gone the other way on it. And for the Patriots, it's worked. And that's why I think New England is able to take flyers on, you know, okay veterans who get cut by a team. Well, New England will go take a chance on a guy because, you know, they're in a position today that they can suck up a couple million dollars of cash space. If it doesn't work, well, then fine. We, we, they, they cut them and they move on. Green Bay just doesn't have the space, and everyone's talking about they have all this cap space this year at forty-one million, and it, it seems like a lot, but you know, and we've gone over this already. It's not really a lot because once you, you know, assuming you go out and you sign Nick Perry, and you sign Jared Cook, and you sign Micah Hyde, I've just spent, I can, I can spend a lot of money in a hurry, resigning guys, Perry, Hyde. Um, 
Lang, Cook. So the Packers are going to spend a lot of money in a hurry. And then if you, you sort of, I mean, this isn't a, a real big deal at this point, but you look at the number of players under contract. No team in the league has fewer players under contract than Green Bay at 47. Hey, this has got to simply go sign a roster. And again, how do you do that when you're, if, you know, if Nick Perry's going to join that group of players with a cap charge with a cap charge of six million this year, that, that big group? Again, you're just going. It's just going to be all about adding rookies, adding rookies, adding rookies, and it's going to drive people bananas. But that is the that is the model. When you have a good team, like the Packers do, you either have to pay for them, like the Packers do. Or you let guys go, and you focus on signing middle-of-the-road guys, and that is what New England has done. You know, I'm not saying the New England way is the way everybody should do it, but it certainly worked for them. But you know what? The, it's the Packers' ways work for them too, right? Just because, they, just because they have not won Super Bowls doesn't mean their way is not working. So I think it's a very interesting look, and I'm going to do a lot more on this at, at Packer Report closer to the free agent time. And one other cap thing. Again, this is something probably worth mentioning a little bit closer to free agency, but you can't look at the 2017 cap in a vacuum. Go to the 2018 cap, too. I mean, you've you got to take all this stuff into account if you're GM Ted Thompson. Green Bay is 22nd in available cap space for 2018. So that means you, you've got, yeah, you can go sign guys, sure, but you also have to um, keep one eye on your moving forward caps, too. So, again, just something else to keep in mind if you are the Packers. And that will do it for today's episode of Locked On Packers. I truly thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.